Hello and welcome to Distant Atmospheres, the podcast where I read the thousand words of science fiction I have written for the day. These pieces do not connect to each other and are not complete stories, but may perhaps be thought of as vignettes, snapshots of action or setting or character in text. I'm your host, Top Hat Banjo, retired military, retired high school English teacher, and now semi, semi, semi professional banjo player. Strangely, I have a dog named Banjo the Dog. Follow Top Hat Banjo on Instagram for banjo practice clips, a daily word game, transcripts of my conversations with Banjo the Dog, and much more. Follow Top Hat Banjo, that's Top Hat Banjo, on Instagram. And now, Distant Atmospheres, Episode 4. I hadn't seen the map myself, but Johnny assured me that he had it in his bag, which was packed down below. He assured me that it showed not only the location of the wreck, but the position of all those weird rock formations around it. Rock formations that we'd have to dodge if we intended to go on breathing. I certainly did. So when Johnny told me he had left the map in the bag down below, well, I was this far from dropping anchor and going down there and getting the damn bag, but I didn't. And so there we were. 2,000 miles off the coast of Peru, and no map. Oh, there was a bag down there, all right, full of makeup and panties, and Johnny had some stupid story about how they bought matching backpacks. Isn't that cute? And so he must have grabbed hers out of the car when she dropped him off. And wouldn't she be pissed when she found out what she thought was her bag was filled with rolled-up rain gear and a map of the bottom of the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, real cute. So he went up on the deck, to see if he could get the internet to work, which I told him wouldn't, and I went down to the bottom of the ship to see if I could see anything on the sonar. The water was 1,300 fathoms deep, nearly 8,000 feet, and both of the submersibles on board were rated for that, but going down there would be like driving a tow truck through midtown Manhattan rush hour traffic. I was nervous enough about the idea of doing it with the chart. I sure wasn't going to do it without one. Johnny came down from the deck and thumped down on my bunk. Didn't work, did it? I said. Nope. I told you so. See anything on sonar? Oh, sure, I said. I turned it on and pointed it down, and right away I saw a four-foot-by-six-foot box from 1,300 fathoms. You don't have to be a smartass about it. Get off my bunk, I said. Johnny stood up and paced around the small cabin. Look, is there any way we can... He stopped short, his head turned, 
listening to a sudden strange change in the sound of the ocean outside. I had heard it too, and I stopped breathing for a moment, craning my ears to identify that sound. I was sure I'd heard it before, but I couldn't remember where or in what context. Whatever it was, it was getting louder, and both of us moved at the same time toward the ladder. Johnny was up, and then I was, and then we were standing on the deck of the ship, in shadow. The whole boat was in shadow, the deck was in shadow, even the bare mast sticking up into the sky like a limbless tree was in shadow, all the way to the crow's nest. And above us, hanging in the air, with no visible means of support or propulsion or anything, save for a whirring sound that couldn't possibly be the rotors of a helicopter blade. It was not a helicopter, or if it were, it were it, were, it was a helicopter that could hover 20 feet above a small boat without churning up the air or the water or making... Any sound above that which might be made by a cake batter mixer, the kind with stirs, if that's what they were called, that clicked into place and required the pressing of a button on the mixer to release. Johnny was staring at it, open-mouthed, for my part. I looked at it, and then I looked at the outline of its shadow on the water around us. Whatever it was, this thing was big, much larger than any passenger airline I had ever seen or heard of, bigger than any of the boats in the the Panama City Marina. The whatever it was, was about the length of a cruise ship in its shorter dimension, which was oriented forward and aft, and then maybe twice that in its longer dimension, oriented starboard and port. It was roughly rectangular on the bottom that we could see, and the surface, which was no more than 40 feet from the tops of our heads, was rough, like the texture of those concrete blocks that warehouses and sometimes houses are made of in a hurricane country of the Gulf Coast. Johnny was the first to find his voice. What the hell is that? I don't know, John, but let's get out from under it, shall we? I murmured, moving towards the small bridge and fumbling for the key to the boat in my pocket. It wasn't there, and then I remembered that Johnny had taken the last turn at the wheel, and so he would have the key. You got the key? I asked. Johnny was still staring at it. You think this is one of those UFOs? he asked. Because, well... I'd love to have a chance to... I cut him off, demanding louder this time. The key! Do you have the key? Yeah, yeah, I got it, he said, reaching into his pocket again and pulling out a ring of keys. I could see the boat key on the ring, and I sort of half-lunged to pluck it out of his hands. I'm going to get out from under it. Yeah, Johnny was still staring at it. That's... Probably a good idea. And then, as if startled by a rattlesnake, Johnny 
came to life, jumping toward the ladder to the ship's interior. He reappeared in a few moments with his cell phone, and he held it up, pointed at the whatever it was, documenting the experience. Now, I noticed that he was smiling, and in another minute, he was whooping. Holy cow, Doc, look at that sucker! That doesn't look military to me, and it sure doesn't look like CIA. Ha ha! He guffawed and continued filming. I got the boat started up and was already thinking of what we'd say to the Peruvian Coast Guard when, suddenly, the engine just stopped running. The electricity went off, and then Johnny and I were floating like a cork in a bathtub, unable to navigate, unable to defend ourselves, and unable to run away. This concludes Episode 4 of Distant Atmospheres, the podcast where I read the thousand words of science fiction I have written for the day. These pieces do not connect to each other and are not complete stories, but may perhaps be thought of as vignettes, snapshots of action or setting or character in text. I'm your host, Top Hat Banjo, retired military, retired high school English teacher, and now semi, semi, semi professional banjo player. Strangely, I have a dog named Banjo the Dog. Follow Top Hat Banjo on Instagram for banjo practice clips, a daily word game, transcripts of my conversations with Banjo the Dog, and much more. Follow Top Hat Banjo, that's Top Hat Banjo, on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and tune in again to Distant Atmospheres.